spookiest greetings to you all. Thank you so much for stopping by Paranormal Prowlers Podcast and lending me your listening vessels. What mighty fine ears you have. (laughs) Those awesome tunes you just heard is, of course, courtesy of the phenomenal Bobby Mackey, and I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. Today, I have two gals joining me, a mother and a daughter, Brittany Rose, and her mother, Melody Rose. Brittany and Melody's family, well, they've been using the Ouija board for about 80 years, all the while keeping continuous notes the entire time. Very, very impressive. These awesome ladies have a podcast of their very own called Ouija Women. And in that podcast, you'll find them diving deep down into those notes. And at the same time, they are teaching people how to either use it responsibly or not use it. And just appreciate it as a communication tool on a very personal spiritual journey. Their entire purpose is to debunk the urban legends that surround it and delve into what actually is from a scientific perspective, a spiritual perspective, and a logical perspective. They openly discuss theories and talk in absolutes and openly guess at the unknowns. These ladies shed light on the Ouija board and speak transparently about their own personal experiences as well as answer questions to help others better understand this unnecessary taboo topic. Brittany and Melody, ladies, thank you so much for stopping by Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. How are you today? Oh, we're wonderful. We're very excited to be here. Super happy to be here. Thanks for having us on. Oh, pleasure's all mine. Can't wait to chat all things paranormal and the Ouija. Now, I've asked Robert Merch this before, and I've asked Karen Dahlman this before. People always say it different. Ouija or Ouija? How do you ladies say it? (laughs) (laughs) I've always called it the board. Right. And so, uh, but when we say it, we do say Ouija board. Yeah, yep. yeah, we've always said Ouija board, and it's funny because it wasn't until I started looking into the history of it that I saw that some people call it Ouija. But I kind of like that term better, but it's just a habit for me now, I just say Ouija. Right, and I don't know if it's just because it's spelled Ouija, like, you know, but I've always called it Ouija, too. As a little kid, I called it Ouija, and as, you know, older now, I call it Ouija, but... I liked how Karen said it. She's like, there's no wrong way to say it. You just say it however you want to say it. Well, it's named after, well, allegedly, there's a lot of skepticism about it, but it's named after a woman that her name was Ouija. So if you go based off of that, it probably should be called Ouija, but, you know, it was dubbed Ouija. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. I'll have to look more into that. So, ladies, your family has been devoted users of the mighty Ouija board for about 80 years, which is super fascinating. Who were some of the first people in your family tree to start using the Ouija? And how did it come about them using it in the first place? Well, my my mother has a sister, uh, my Aunt Barbara, and their mother. Uh, about, I would say, the late 50s, early 60s is the uh, messages that I have written down, the earliest messages that I have written down. So they started becoming the primary users. My mom and Aunt Barbara had extreme success in reaching uh, family members in heaven 
or in their whatever place they you want to call it, but we call it heaven. Yeah. So it, that became that became the the two main people that did it, and in exploring more about the family because it it was something we kind of kept under wraps as far as not telling everybody that we did it. It was just part of what we did on a you know a holiday or a, when we all got together. But after exploring other family members in other states, I came to find out that they also had boards uh, either found in their attic from their grandparents or great-grandparents. So it, it seems to be some family connection with our family, probably around the 20s and 30s. Mom, how did you go from the 50s to the 20s? I'm just saying that if based on that, if we went if we went backwards to see who else was doing it in our family in other states, it seems to be about there. But well, what matter, it, it doesn't matter what state they're in. Well, <laughs> okay, this is what the problem is with our podcast. And <laughs> my mom gives the original Ouija women started out as my mom stated her mom, so my grandma. They did it as younger children with their mom. So my great great grandma and their family started it. And as we've noticed, people in our family have branched out as well. That it's all started around that time in the twenties. Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. That's really interesting. And so I know that note taking has happened since the big, you know, since starting with the Ouija in your family. Are there any interesting or bizarre notes that really like just stand out? Well, I have a favorite one and and I I have many favorite ones, but in which state? My my favorite one is the original one that I recall. I was a young girl. I was about six years old. I was very attached to my great-grandma Rose. Um, I, in fact, lived with her uh, after my mom's divorce when I was a year old. So uh, we were very, very tight. And she was in a convalescent hospital. And we were all at a Thanksgiving celebration at our new house in Huntington Harbor, California. And so nobody at the... The hospital had any access to our phone number at our new house. They had all of my, my aunts and, and other people's uh, phone numbers, but not ours because we'd just been wow. there for a couple of months. It, what happened was all of us kids were running around the house and playing. There was about six of us kids, and all of a sudden the room became very somber, mm. very somber. And I noticed that, and all of a sudden people were on the phone, and they were crying, and apparently my aunt and mom were doing the board, and they asked the question, how is Grandma Lane going to be? And the answer was, her heart is with A.T., which was her husband who was in heaven. Her heart is with A.T., her soul greets God soon. They had called the hospital and found out that she had just passed. Oh, I'm going to cry. Um, she, she had just passed, and they couldn't get a hold of us to let us know that she was, you know, failing rapidly because it was Thanksgiving and we were all together. So that was one. My, my next one that I, I refer to frequently that I love the most was one uh, when I was about 10 or 12, and we were all talking about my grandpa Hartford and how his health was going to be because he was uh, going to be having a surgery for colon cancer. This was about 19, I want to say 65 to 68, and the answer was medicine cures all not called. So that has become kind of a mantra to me for my life as a nurse because now I know, I, I gathered from that that, number one, we're called, and number two, if, if we're called, uh, the medicine is not going to work. If we're not called, 
then yes, we have a we have a shot. As it turned out, you know, Grandpa's Grandpa's surgery was it was uh, aborted during the surgery because it was so he was so massively invasive with with cancer. But mm. um, I love that message. Well, you know, I think that message really shows a lot because. A lot of times we want to know what's going on with people. We uh, everybody wants to know how their family is doing, or whether here on Earth or you know, or somewhere else. Yeah. And so I think what that message really showed was a lot of the messages we get are cryptic that way. You know, we'll ask for for something specific, and like the first example my mom gave, you know, where they gave a specific answer: she's coming to heaven, and she was already gone. Another answer we ask, it's more cryptic, and it's like, you know he'll be called when he's called and you'll know when you know you know right. so we, there we do get very different types of messages depending on who's answering depending on who's doing the board depending on many things like that my personal favorite aside um, moms are more personal but I we actually had someone come in that is not related to a part of our family and he was actually not a very good person mm. and he came with a very strong message we ended up looking him up later and who who was he mom Colonel Hurst from uh, the Civil War, and he came through, and he he basically was giving us a warning to be a good person, and we found out that he was actually a traitor in the war and had been and had killed quite a bit of people. Yeah. Oh wow! Jeez. And what was his message, Mom? It was 1843. Um, one of my cousins, who was in and the University of Redlands at the time, had brought one of his uh, fraternity mates, and the his friend had asked, "What am I supposed to do in life?" And the answer was, you know, to be kind, be a good person. Right. But it also it also said that his life was bid for uh, business. And then when we asked, we asked, "Who are you?" And he said, "Hearst." And we said, "Well, why did you come through?" And he said, "Because I have to offer some guidance with this particular gentleman." And then we asked, "Well, what were you in the mil- what military were you in?" And he said, "No matter." Like, that's not why I'm here. I'm not here to give specifics about me. I'm here to you know, help guide this young boy. Then when we asked, well, what year? He said 1843. When we looked him up, he was definitely, uh, oh, he also said Colonel 1843. So when we looked him up, uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, but the, I think the point is, too, is that people will come through that really want to want to guide. I mean, just like we uh, teach, you know, want to teach people and teach the younger generation and, and help people to be better. It was interesting to hear from someone not related to us that had, you know, uh, quite a dicey past, to say the least, you know, talk about, you know, be, be good to each other. Right. Oh, unbelievable. And I was getting chills when you guys were just talking about that. And that is neat that he was just kind of like, okay, it doesn't matter, you know, about the military part, but I need this message to this young man. And this is it. So before we started recording, we were kind of talking about how so many people are just like kind of either have negative feelings with the Ouija or, you know, there's so many naysayers when it comes to the Ouija board or people who are intimidated, what would you say to those people? For me personally, I think that if you use it properly and are respectful, that there's no reason to fear it. Just because it's like mysterious, more on the mysterious side or unknown, doesn't mean necessarily you have to be afraid of it. Well, you know, you brought up Robert Murch, who's a wonderful advocate for the Ouija board. And when I say advocate, you know, we're not sitting here trying to tell people to do the Ouija board. It is not for everybody by any means. But equally, neither is holy water. Equally, neither is, you know, uh, certain mantras and prayer. I mean, everybody, there, there's many communication tools out there to, to 
talk to a higher power, talk to a God, talk to a Jesus, talk to a Buddha, however you want to worship and whoever you worship, it's so important to just realize that there's tools out there and that not all of them do apply to you, but just because it doesn't apply to you doesn't mean it doesn't apply to anybody. And one of the things that I appreciate about Robert Murch is, you know, he looks at the history and, and we try to look at things from a scientific view. I'm not a scientist. My mom is a nurse, but she's actually way more ethereal. I tend to be more scientific. So I, I tell the naysayers, where did that start for you? Because if you look at it, everybody who was super religious was doing the Ouija board up until the 70s. I mean, my grandparents and great-grandparents were doing it because they were super Christian. Pastors were doing it. Everything stopped when Hollywood got a hold of it. Yeah. And I don't blame Hollywood. What I blame is people thinking Hollywood is a documentary and that the, ex- the exorcist became this poster child for why you don't do the Ouija board. And it's, it's fascinating to me because when I ask people, what don't you like about the Ouija board? They either know someone who knew someone who knew someone that had a bad experience or they have a problem with many different spiritual tools, which is fine, totally fine. But um, I had a woman contact me telling me that, of course, you know, I get told I'm going to hell a lot. No, oh, And I get told, you know, this woman talked about how she had a, what is that name? I'm sorry, I'm blanking from my nerves, but um, you know when a spirit, it had a sexual spirit. Um, oh, yeah, a, succubus or incubus. Yes, yes, an incubus. Yeah. So she was telling me that the Ouija board invited an incubus into her life that sexually assaulted her for many, many years. And, and I felt terrible for her. But I don't know that that wouldn't have happened without the Ouija board for her. I don't know her journey. You know, I don't right. know what people dealing with. So I'd always tell them, you know, uh, get a CAT scan, you know, go to a doctor, <laughs> you know, maybe rule out some other things in your life. And, and if the Ouija board isn't for you, fine. But we've had it 80 years, not a single bad experience. We don't, we don't, I'm not saying we don't believe in attachments, but it hasn't happened in our family. I mean, yeah. we, don't, we don't have things that happens so i always ask people where their where the precipice was that they stopped liking the ouija board and it's usually fear-based hollywood stories i mean a lot of people will tell me too like well it can do this and it can do that and i'm like ah that was a scene that was a scene in a movie (laughs) and nobody's ever had that happen right well and you see it now like i remember what merch he was talking about how back in the day families would come together little kids included and they would communicate with their family you know their past loved ones and i mean to me that's not that's the furthest thing from scary, you know? That's heartwarming. Well, that's loving. You're ta- now, now you're talking my childhood. So <laughs> you're, who you're talking about right now is me yeah. because that is exactly what I was raised with. And, yeah. and you know, truth be told, I, I was raised with prayer first. You, you go to God in prayer. You go to Jesus in prayer. And that is what works. However, if you know, when we get together and it is... It, when we have the notion to, it's not like we sit down and do the board every day and ask questions every day. I mean, when we have a yearning to talk to my mother, who is around me all the time, so mm. I, I don't have a yearning all the time to talk to her on the board because I talk to her every day. Yeah. Um, otherwise, but if you if we have that, why not use a tool that has been proven for our family to go to them and, and ask a question or just say hello. And I can tell you from uh, the personalities that we have in our family, when we talk to them, 
their personalities come through loud and clear, and we do more laughing during these sessions, don't they we? They should be fun. I mean, anything anything spiritual should be fun, and if somebody wants to take it super serious, then good. They should take it seriously. We, in our family, we take spirituality seriously, but we certainly don't, you know, overdo it. We, we, we have a lot of fun. It's loads of laughter, a lot of crying. You know, a lot of a lot of memories are brought up. A lot of silliness. My grandma, my grandma, always when she comes through the Ouija board, who's deceased, tells me to shut up. Always, <laughs> always tells me to be nice to my mom, which I am. I'm lovely to my mother. <laughs> I let her out of. I let her into the closet at once a day minimum. <laughs> One time, I tell you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But, but you know, I mean, it, it should be fun. And when people tell me, oh, they're bad spirits and they're pretending to be good, and I'm thinking, for 80 years? Yeah. That, I mean, that's a, that's a long game. That's a long game. Yeah, when I, when I thought, uh, when, you know, it, when we do Skype things, I have a book of all the messages that uh, we started collecting. A lot of them we lost because they, we were giving them to people when they would come over and we'd do it, and they'd have messages for them. But I have, I have a book that's uh, five inches thick of messages from you know again from the, about the 50s so you know it's not it's there's there's much proof for our family and we never really felt the desire or need to have to go out and say oh we do the ouija in fact after the 70s we were a little bit more in the closet but at this time i'm like why why can't we share if we can have so much success why don't we share this with somebody who might want the same the same comfort to know what their family is doing in heaven. Exactly. I really do hope that the people who are listening who aren't fans of the Ouija, I hope they really listen with both ears and it doesn't always have to be scary. And it's neat for you ladies. It's like a family reunion, you know, people that haven't physically been here for a long time that you love and miss and have, you know, spent a lifetime of memories creating, uh, creating memories. But yeah, I think that's really special. And so do you ladies, Brittany and Melody, do you have a certain like ritual or way of conducting a seance? Like, do you do anything to protect yourselves? Well, it seems like, you know, whatever you're doing is right because for 80 years you haven't had like attachments or negative spirits mess with you. Well, that's what Brittany became, you know, so uh, integral in this process of, of how do we tell the world about this? Because, yes, there are specific things that need to be done. And her idea was, look, it's not for everybody. In fact, I'd like to tell people who shouldn't be doing it. But there is a process to make it successful so that you do have a positive outcome. And that was the process that Aunt Barbara and Mom had a let me say, an equation, a a working equation that just worked. So now I can say, okay, here's what we have to do prior to and during so that you can have success. And that's where Brittany said, okay, now now we have something that should be shared. Well, you know, I will say to people that are worried about the Ouija board, when you sit in on a session for the first time, it's weird. You're watching this planchette move, this little triangle move, very quickly in our family it moves very quickly and actually if you look at some of our videos that we post we get a lot of criticism for that saying it doesn't move that quickly well usually it doesn't move that quickly because you have a bunch of teenagers putting six different hands on it yeah unnecessarily so we only do two people there has to be a circuit they have to be touching legs you know there has to be good feelings we don't have anybody with animosity we don't even have people that are just like 
you know, these people that are like, guess what number I'm thinking? These, these want, you know, these parlor tricks. We don't, we don't allow that type of thing. So there's a lot of things that we don't allow. Um, we don't really consider a stance, but we certainly hold it in the light. I mean, there's, there, it's a well lit room full of people with good feelings. There's a mutual prayer, even though not everyone's the same religion. And some people in our family, even me, I'm more questioning. And I think there's more a scientific basis from it. I come at a, at a pragmatic view, but I still am there with a lot of love and openness to, to handle anything that comes through. If for any reason someone feels uncomfortable or if we feel like we're speaking to a spirit that maybe we, we've had a few spirits come through that we don't know and we don't feel comfortable with them, mm. we'll just stop it. We'll just tell them, look, we're, we're not interested in talking to you. We're not going to we're not going to play right. play like this. And so that, that's the end of that. And we usually call someone that we trust in. Like, we'll say, Grandma, you know, why don't you come through and, and fix this for us? And, and she always does, always, every time my grandma will come through if we have any issues. And that to me is so heartwarming that you're able to do that. And I'm glad that doesn't happen very often. It's interesting because I, when I was in Louisville, Kentucky one time, I was at a friend's house who comes from like a line of witches and they've his family like you guys have been using the Ouija board for decades and decades you know and so me not really knowing or using the Ouija that much but always have been fascinated by it I was like okay I'm gonna obviously do this with somebody who is experienced and has been doing it for a long time not like you guys said like you know just like random teenagers who don't know what they're doing and It was interesting because that night, my hands weren't even on the planchette. I was just more like an observer, if you will, just writing the results down. And three people were involved. And it was really neat because a friend of mine came through that uh, he's been gone for a few years now. And these people, they really didn't know me that good. This was a new friendship. And so they didn't know like my life story or anything. And my hands weren't on the planchette. Yet the sky was coming through my friend and it was like super smooth and nice. But then all of a sudden he went away and somebody else started coming and it was like really cryptic and weird. And it was more choppy. The planchette was more like choppy and weird. And it was all over the board when before it was more like not. And so it is interesting. I think it also kind of depends on on the spirit, you know, like with my friend it was more smooth and with somebody else who was just like we didn't know who this was and I don't know I just thought that that was very interesting you know what you bring up such an amazing point and it is it's an it's a really good point and this is people ask us all the time how do you know they're good spirits that are coming through how do you know you're talking and I'm using that like harshness in my voice because that's how they address address me right like well how do you know and they're very like you know very judgmental and you can feel it. I always ask them, well, how do you know that you're talking, to, you know, going on a date with a nice guy? I mean, right. th- there's a part of the unknown, of course, but you can feel things. You can feel it. Mom has talked so many times. I mean, I can see the planchet move differently. And I told mom, that's a different person. That that person's new now. And she said, no, I don't think so. And then she and then she said, who is this? And it's someone new. And you can feel it. And it does um, reflect their personality. My mom's mother-in-law, Dorothy. Uh-huh. How does Dorothy move the planchet? Oh, she's so cute. Well, she was a very, <laughs> a very introverted person anyways, but her the planchet goes very slowly, and she starts it from one letter and goes all the way around until she finds her letter <laughs> and then stops, whereas my mother, who did the board on Earth and now is a master in heaven, I mean, she just rips through that thing so fast that sometimes my fingers come off. But you also the point that you also brought up was that 
not only do we want to talk to you know our people, but they want to talk to us. Yes. And they have they have they're a, waiting. They're waiting for something to to. And, and the first time I realized that was when my father-in-law died, and he uh, he was very attached to uh, Brittany's sister Carrie Lane, and he he came through without being prompted. I didn't know. I always pray a couple of days ahead because, as my mother has taught us, you have to. They're busy in heaven. You can't. They're not omnipotent. You can't just say, "Okay, I want to talk to mom now." You you have to, you know, give them warning and give them a heads up. And also, God is in, involved with this because there are many things that you know He has them doing or needs, and sometimes He has to tell them, "Okay, your family is calling for you." But back so, to Frank. Back to Frank. He um, he came through, and after it was the first time I had ever had this happen. But after we were done talking, he said, "Thank you." And that, that was so meaningful to me because he, I, I'd never heard an angel say that to us before, but he really was appreciative of having um, a, a tool to be able to come through and a say platform. what he wanted to say, a platform to say yeah. what he wanted to say. Yeah. Ugh, remarkable. And so have you ladies ever had somebody actually approach you and say, hey, look, I know you do this. I have been wanting answers from loved ones or talk to them. Has anybody ever reached out to you to see if you could, like, communicate with their loved ones or contact them? Well, since we've been online, a lot of people have asked us to, to get messages for them, which we don't do online because it's, it's not personal enough. We, we would be opening ourselves up to too many people we don't know. So yeah. we, we don't do that. But, Mom, I don't know. Did she reach out to you, um, a doctor, the doctor? So I had a friend of mine... Uh, the doctor that I worked with that I was very close to, he passed away unexpectedly in the middle of the night. We no. think of heart issues. Fairly young. Um, and his, his daughter was devastated. Yeah. So, And she was going through some legal problems with uh, his property afterwards. So she mm. called me and asked me. And she, she just wanted to, because I was so close to him, and we don't talk about doing the board. She called and asked me, "Is you know what can I do? I'm, I'm so despondent. What advice can you give me? And I said, look, I don't usually do this, but I want to tell you I do the Ouija board. And if you want, I am happy. Well, she loved me enough, and she knew her father loved me enough that she got on a plane, and she flew out, and we did the board. He came through immediately Aww. because of course we've been calling, and I'd been praying to him and asking him to. But he did something that kind of shocked me. <laughs> he said to me... He was that type of person. Yeah, he said to me, oh, he was, his personality was so awesome, and he certainly was the same person when he was in heaven, but he said mm. to me, give her your ring. Mm. And I said, excuse me? Yeah. He said, give her your Alexandrite ring. Well, what I hadn't done was tell my girls that I had bought a couple of Alexandrite rings. Which are a few hundred dollars each, by the way. These are... Yeah, about $500 a piece. Wow. <laughs> and, um, and so his, her, his daughter's name was Allie. And I was like, uh, okay. And I, I didn't even really question it. If, if an angel tells me something that I love to do something, I'm going to do it. And there's no reason not to. Well, as it turned out, I gave her the Alexander. I said, which one? Because I had two. And he said, the one with the most colors. So I gave it to her. And then after, and we were all laughing because Brittany and Carrie didn't even know I had them. I don't have <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't. <laughs> I don't have a ring. Has told my mom to give me five hundred dollars. <laughs> so 
gave her the ring, and afterwards he said that I guess she has a, an angel in heaven that's like a guide named Alexandria. So he wanted her to have that ring. To remind her. Well, she was going to be okay, yeah. He gave her some legal advice. He told her what to do with the property. He gave her some heartwarming advice. You know, he really, he was, he really was very paternal towards her and trying mm -hmm. to guide her in, in the mess that he had left her, you know, not of his own free will. Yeah, and also what was, what was fun about that is that at, ever since then, you know, Allie will contact me occasionally about her, her, you know, new child or whatever, but she's had no need. Once you have that, that desire filled and you know, okay, they're there. I just wanted to know, are they, it's not like you have a yearning to do it all the time. You're just, you're satisfied. You're content. Right. It's a form of processing too. I have, my boyfriend killed himself a year and a half ago, which has been, oh. uh, one, yeah, it's been honestly the hardest time of my life. The most, oh. I thought I had been through a lot, but man, that, that really shook me and it, and it swiped me right off my feet in a way that I, I wasn't prepared for. I kind of, to be honest, I thought I was stronger. Than, than gonna than than how I handled it. Oh, but, I'm so um, sorry. I... But I will say that the Ouija board <clears throat> has been a form of processing, and that's what some people overlook. When people, the naysayers of the Ouija board, it's fine. It's fine to say what you want, but they're really diminishing how much processing can be done. Like for Allie, my mom's friend's daughter, and for me and other people, sometimes yeah. you're left in a in a pool of grief and despair. And that person, the only one person that can help you with that is now gone. There's only one person that can help you, and they're gone. And, you know, and the Ouija board can be a form of processing. And there is no amount of money or that you can put on that. And there's no one that can ever tell me, well, that's, you know, it's all evil. It's fine if you want to say the Ouija board is evil. Uh, there's, there's evidence to prove that. But if you want to tell me it's all evil, no, that's just a, that's a level of... Um, what fantasism that, that I can't reach. I think it is ignorant to say that it's all evil. There's times where I go out investigating the paranormal and sometimes I'll communicate with spirits that I'd rather not. You know, they're just negative, they're malevolent, they're just they they're not good in life and they aren't in death. But then there's times where I communicate with the most phenomenal people, the spirits on the other side, including family members. And so, yeah, you get your your bad moments, but you have the good moments, the heartwarming moments, too. And like you said, like your your loved ones coming back and letting you know that they're OK or just a, a message or or something like you said, like, you know, when your mom and your grandma call, you know, comes through, you guys laugh all the time. You know, she's telling you to shut up and whatever. I have one message that is very, very funny that I absolutely adore. And that was one time I'm 63. My mother in the 70s, I don't know if you've heard of the Adams Family, the, the series, not the movie, but there was a series. And the Lurch, who was was their, their manservant. Yeah. Um, he, he would always, you know, say, you know, a certain thing. Well, one time, Brittany Rose said, Grandma, are you here? And she came back with, you rang? And, I mean, <laughs> it was just so classic mom, you know, just so classic, you know, reverting to some something that we could relate to. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I, those two words I carry with me all the time because I think, Mama, I need you right now you know, minus the board, and I'll think to myself, you know, you rang, and I, I know she's here. Yeah, the inside jokes, you know, like you said, when you meet contact spirits, they are who they are in, in afterlife and, and in regular life, and so, 
you know, you have those inside jokes. It's just fun. It's really fun. Oh, absolutely. Now, ladies, we need to talk a little bit about Ouija women. Let's talk about your podcast. Yes. I love our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I really love having a forum where we can talk about this openly. I really do feel like we were in the closet. We were, you know, I was embarrassed to talk about this. We were kind of hiding it. We don't, we don't have the board out. We kind of have it hidden. And I was just like, why? I mean, in a time where, you know, transgenders are getting rights, which they should, you know, and, and gay people are having rights, which they should. And, and we're all talking about, you know, all of these things that, that should be coming out and we should be free who we are, especially in the form of spiritual freedom. Why are we afraid of parts of our spirituality? I'm, I'm just done with it. So I thought, you know what, we're going to have a podcast where we can talk to free thinkers, open-minded people that want to talk about the spiritual realm in a pragmatic form. I think it is neat for people. That's why I did, you know, I've been a fan of the paranormal and supernatural my whole life from screaming that I want to run around in the graveyards when I was two years old. And it just, it's something so special and near to me. And it is neat that people, you know, there's so many podcasts out there these days that are all about the paranormal and supernatural and stuff. And the communities getting larger and larger and more people are growing you know acceptive of it and it is neat that there's podcasts like paranormal prowlers and ouija women where people could go i want to listen to this and i know i won't be judged and you know i could listen to this and fully enjoy it and i think that's great how long have you ladies been doing ouija women uh actually we just started the podcast we only have 10 episodes out right now i think so we had just started it this year we had been working on it last year, but we just started it this year. And I kind of came to my mom and my sister and I said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to come out. I'm ready to talk about this with people. And, and I appreciate podcasts like yours, too, because you, you're such an enthusiast. You know, like you have a real passion for it. And I think some people want to talk about things and just be scared. I have a younger sister, and she just loves everything scary. And she wants to only hear about the scary experiences, and she wants to only hear about the spooky things. And that's fine. There's a market for that, and there should be. But that shouldn't be convoluted with spirituality, you know? And so I really like to talk about it from a pragmatic view. We do have guests on right now because of the quarantine. Unfortunately, we had to push back some of our guest schedules. But, you know, we're looking to speak to more doctors, pastors, and psychologists, and people that can kind of explain the Ouija board without it being, you know, this emo, you know, witchy thing. Although not against witches because I have tons of witch followers that, that do the Ouija board. Of course, there's many witches that are, like, very anti the Ouija board, but it, yeah. it's divided among everybody, I think. What I bring to this is the history. I, I have a, a huge history of conversations and messages that are, that are so poignant to even today's life. Um, it, it, the angels, when they talk, they either have a, a mission or they have, like Brittany said, they, they're, they're so busy that they don't have time to do a big wordy thing if an angel wants to come through and give a message. So medicine cures all not called is five words, but it packs a punch. And that's the kind of messages that we get from from angels. And I I think that uh, what would be helpful for other people that have this desire and and don't know that this exists, that this is a possibility, that there's a potential, there are lots of people that uh, are, are like you who are running around at two years old and are already connected with with heaven True. And, and not 
disconnected. My mother said when Brittany was days old and she was looking up at uh, something and her little eyeballs trying to focus. And I said, Mama, what do you think she's thinking? What do you think she's... She says, honey, she just left heaven. She's still talking to the angels. Turns <laughs> out a lazy eye. But no. <laughs> <laughs> she I love it. <clears throat> no, but that's, that's, I mean, there are many, many very connected people. And if they are uh, have one ounce of uh, curiosity, I can tell them that their angels and their family are just as connected. See, this is what my mom brings to the table, too, because this is why my podcast ends up being me interviewing my mom the whole time, usually, because she is an expert. But there's my mom's also, she sees things through kind of rose-colored glasses. I always say, like, she's the epitome of ignorance is bliss. She's only had great experiences, and she just doesn't really acknowledge, you know, anything bad. So she's only, she has a very blind faith. She was raised with this since she was born, so she's very good at using the Ouija board. She knows how to exactly get the messages, and she cares about the spirits. A lot of people, and I've seen this in the ghost hunter realm, too. You can probably expand upon this, but where I see ghost hunters, well, they call themselves that, chasing these ghosts and, and doing nothing with the information. I've asked them, well, what do you do with that message? Well, nothing. I got it on tape. That's what I needed. Okay, well... What about that person? That person's talking to you. They need something. And my mom is very in tune with what can I do for you, spirit person? And and that's I, I appreciate that. I think it's respectful and it interests me. Right. And you did bring up a good point. And like experiences and encounters, ghost hunters, and I, I always use the term paranormal investigator, but they're all different. You know, I know I've I've talked to some people that they have teams and they make it a purpose to have like a medium, you know, in involved in their team, like a legit medium. Right. And I always love that. And I'm currently looking for somebody to be, a, you know, a medium to be part of my team. But we do really try to help. We we, you know, recording audio is a huge part of it, obviously. Sure. And I do love going back and trying to communicate with those same spirits. And if there is a message, I would love to help them, you know. But I, I always, you know, on some shows, you do see that, like, you know, they go into it where they're going to be mean and aggressive and call the ghost an asshole or, you know, like, whatever. And me, I'm just like, you know, for the most part, not all of them, like, but for the most part, they're human. They were human at one point. And so even though they may be, you know, maybe not the best or whatever, I'm going to show my respect no matter what. I've communicated with people who are very bad on this earth, like murderers and stuff. And hell, one of them attached themselves to me. But you still got to show that respect. Be nice. You know, that's how you get attachments or possessions or get attacked you know and it is really a great feeling though being able to communicate with spirit as you guys know as you ladies know right well and i think that's this goes along with well obviously you have some sort of a gift because you've taught i'm not saying you're a medium that's for you to say but like you you have this gift and you have this interest from a young age and i think that's a that's a gift so it shows that 
your intention from a young age. But it's true. My mom is very, very respectful. In fact, I do normally swear quite a bit, although we've decided to keep our show family friendly. (laughs) And because we're talking about spiritual topics and I don't want to alienate people that are interested in that. But I mean, even when we're doing the Ouija board, I can have a bit of a mouth on me and she'll, you know, she'll kind of put me in check and say, I don't want you talking that way. And then, of course, the spirit comes through and then turns into you know, a timeout for Brittany. (laughs) But I think, you know, it's very interesting how people will, they'll want to uh, maybe, they have a bit of an ego about them. My mom has zero ego when it comes to doing the Ouija board. And I think that's part of our success. And I wish more people, you know, would come at it from that point of view, because they are taking their time. My mom reminds us they're taking their time to come to us. They don't have to. You know, we're we're calling them. They're not calling us. Right. So, you know. Well, no. what, I, what I what I appreciate about what you do also is that we had one of my nephews who was doing the, the board with my mom and Aunt Barbara, and he asked the question, you know, what about ghosts? What about spirits that we see doing things and uh, in our in our lives? What about those people? Are are they sticking around because they have something left here that they want that's undone? And the answer came back very beautifully, and it said, all earthly business is done at one's rebirth. So uh, if, if you see a paranormal activity, if you see ghosts, then those are or spirits, then you are seeing somebody that wants to be here and be, say something to you. Not that they have unfinished business, but that they, are, they want to talk to you and be with you. So be be respectful of that and not try to scare them away or, you know, or, or take photos or whatever it is that is, is done. Respect that they, they have a they have a mission for you. That's a good point. My mom brings up because, you know, the idea that you have to that, that there's a misconception that everyone's trapped. Oh, you're going to get low, you know, low hanging fruit spirits that are trapped here. So they have these bad intentions. Not everyone's trapped here. Some people are here by choice. You know, they're, they're here because they want, they miss us. Right. I always joke around, actually, kind of saying, yeah, when I die, I have a list of people that I'm going to, like, haunt. And I just, <laughs> I just kid around, but I'm like, I would love to, like, still be around and see the people that, you know, have, that, that I loved and stuff and give them messages. Because I know me, I treat every shred of evidence, like EVPs especially, as if they're a gift, like a Christmas gift. Like, I just get so excited and happy. And I would love to give that happiness to somebody else, too. But I always say, like, yeah, be careful. I might add you to my list or whatever. But <laughs> add, add us to your list. Yeah, add us to your list. I will. I will add you to my list. I have the list right now. It's about a mile long. <laughs> it's amazing. Because I just had a total brain fart. I was just going to say something, and it totally just, like, slipped my mind well, now. Let, while you're trying to think of it, let me tell you, I had a, um, with what you were talking about, I had a, a best friend from high school who we always were connected. We certainly reconnected about seven years ago, and we were thick as thieves again, just like we were in high school. Uh-huh. <laughs> you won't mind me saying his name was John Rivera from Huntington Beach, and he passed away very young in life as you know com- comparable to uh, being getting older but when he, he came through within days i mean we were doing it about something else and i had even thought about him after his funeral too much other than you know being sad and stuff and so he came through and i said john 
what are you doing here? <laughs> and I was laughing because he was a comedian by trade. And he said, read the Bible. And now I've, I'm a very religious person. I go to church. I've been to church ever, ever since I was a little girl. But I can tell you, besides knowing verses, I've never sat down and read the Bible. And he was not a real spiritual person. He was funny, but he wasn't real spiritual. I said, what do you mean, read the Bible? He said, read the Bible. And I laughed and I said, you know, John, this is funny that you should be telling me to do this because you're either telling me this because I'm missing something or because we're going to be doing, I have to do it eventually anyways uh, when I get to heaven. And he said, yes. And so I have been reading, I mean, start to finish, I've, gotten such a renewed, renewed uh, relationship with Jesus and God and St. Paul and all of the uh, people, and so much so that I realized what the gift I'm getting is that when I go to heaven, I'm going to recognize all these people. I'm going to know their stories. I'm going to know what, you know, what they've been through, and that is going to be a joy that I could never possibly have had had he not come through and given that message. So, yes, do they come back and they, they want to do something for you? Absolutely. Well, my mom, you know, there's a lot she to unpack in what she said, but really she became a huge studier of the Bible. My mom's got charts and made, you know, PowerPoints. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> wow. my mom is a huge, I mean, she is really, really knowledgeable when it comes to scriptures now. She knows them inside and out in every form. I've never seen anyone study the way that she did and completely dissect it, and it really did change I mean, it didn't change her as a person, but it certainly gave her more knowledge and basis for her own faith. Well, and I didn't realize, what I didn't realize is how, I, I thought I was full. I thought I was not hungry. I thought I knew, you know, everything I needed to know about heaven and God and Jesus. And uh, I, but I didn't, I didn't, like, you know, some people say, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And uh, that that's where, um, when we get advice kind of things from heaven i it's just so it's so precious i throughout the years i've had just special encouraging messages from people who i had known my whole life you know and it is very special and yeah sometimes it just gives me complete chills you know just thinking about it but I, I'm sorry for your loss for your dear friend. And I just need to say real quick, I know it's been mentioned a couple times that you're a nurse. So thank you for all you do. You're such an angel. Thank you so much for <laughs> saying that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a nurse in a community environment, a small community environment. So I'm not, I'm not impacted quite as heavily as the larger uh, cities are. But it is still very, very strange right now. It's very strange. And the thing that I'm noticing is that we are not um, servicing anybody that is, you know, wants elective things uh, so that we can get, keep those beds open just in case, God forbid, we should get more patients that need ICU level care. You guys and gals have always been heroes in my book, obviously, but like right now, it's like, what a crazy time. And it's, it is heartbreaking. And I just, you guys go out there every day, though, and... You're there for the people who need it the most. and It's so not different for us because, I mean, it, it is for the people that are like in New York City, the nurses that are in New York City and the, and the frontliners there because it's, they're impacted so much, you know, times, times five, times ten. But this is what, I mean, we at any, under normal circumstances, we have ten to twelve people in isolation 
uh, from other things, TB, the, the regular pneumonia, I mean, that kind yeah. of stuff. So this is not any different than what we do. It's just the, the volume has increased. Right. Well, she's always been an essential worker, and she was gone a lot of my life, to be honest. Yeah, you know, yeah. Working, you know, nurses, they're not home a lot, you know, yeah. and uh, especially when they work in hospital settings, and she's had to deal, well, I've watched my mom, you know, deal with so many things over the years, and me deal with her being gone, so... You know, it's kind of it is kind of fun having her famous now. I mean, for a minute, you know, getting getting some credit on the outside that that she's deserved. Well, and it's also with, during my nursing career, I have dealt a lot in oncology with with people passing. I've had so many experiences, and every single one of them was a gift as far as I because I felt I feel like I'm so connected. I didn't realize at the time I was, but. Uh, just the amount of energy as people are, are, are moving to another place. And, and it's such a privilege. It's such a privilege to be with somebody and their angels when they're, when they're passing. Right. You know, I have to share with you guys real quick. Is a few years ago, I drive now, but there was one point where I was flying from North Carolina to my home in Colorado for Christmas and I was sitting next to this nurse and this was probably like four years ago or something and we were talking and I was talking to her about just the paranormal and stuff and she said that there was she said that this has happened a few times but she said this just happened actually recently where a gentleman he was on his way out and she knew it and she knew that the the family was there like 24 7 and she she was able to tell by this man that he didn't want to die in front of his wife and kids, you know? He just didn't want that. And so yeah. she asked, she's like, you guys, I'll, I'll stay here with him if you guys want to go to the cafeteria, you know? Go get some food. And so they're like, okay, we'll do that. They were gone, I think, 10 minutes and he passed away. But before that, she said that she went in there and he his eyes were like fixated at the ceiling in the corner and he just kept saying names like these random not random to him obviously but these names and she's like who are these people and when when he died and they came back in his family of course they were distraught that he had just passed but she said you know what i could tell you that he was very peaceful and he said that these names and they're like oh well that was his that was like, you know, his sister and, you know, whoever and whoever. Oh, that's Aunt Helen, you know. And she said that it was just so heartwarming because he was just like staring there and saying all these names and that they were waiting for him and, you know, about to embrace him and be reunited with him again. And so that kind of made them like, wow, he's not alone. He's with these people that he loved very much. And like, literally, they were right there waiting for him. Wow. You're talking about the most common scenario that we see it, and, and that I've experienced is that exact thing, whether it's a week before or minutes before, uh, even with patients that are comatose, they will reach their arms up and either say mama Aww. or daddy. In my Aunt Barbara's case, after she'd been asleep for about three days, mm. she reached up and said, Uncle Les. And, Aww. you know, Uncle Les would have been one she would have been surprised to see. Everybody else would have been there. But you can, it, it's palpable. You can feel these angels there. That's why for me, I mean, when a baby is born, everybody's excited and it's a wonderful event. When somebody is, is transitioning, uh, it is it is so, so spiritual and heavenly. And 
it is the most, it's the biggest privilege, like I said, you can have is to be with somebody as they're passing. Yeah, and actually, it's kind of interesting. I, I worked in the hospital, too. I was in school to be, I'm a nurse dropout. I became a teacher instead, but um, oh. I, I did get to work in the hospital on the oncology unit for a couple of years, following in my mama's footsteps. And even so, when my grandma was passing, she was very open about her passing. She decided that she wanted to pass. She decided that she wanted to go on hospice. She just mm. made these decisions. She was kind of walking us through the death process. She'd tell me, oh, you're going to start, when you die, Brittany, you're going to feel this, and you're going to feel that. She, she had no fear about it whatsoever. And she, when when it got to the end for her, too, she, I remember her saying, watch out, baby, they're coming through. And she was <laughs> saying, there's these army of people coming. Look at, do you see all of them? And I'm like, nope. nope. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't, and we even had a woman, she's disabled. We did the Ouija board with a great friend of mine. She's a psychologist. And she she was asking, she was saying she's alone. She's never been married, never had kids. She's older. She has MS. And she wanted to know through the Ouija board, um, you know, asking her family, you know, what what do I do? I'm alone. Mm. And the answer was nobody dies alone. No, nobody dies alone. That's yeah. very important for everybody to know. Nobody. Which well, that, this is a whole nother uh, a podcast for you. We could go on I know. for hours. But, <laughs> you, um, but I, I'm so appreciative to your experience. Thank you. And likewise, absolutely. I just, uh, you brought a lot to the table and I really appreciated hearing all of your heartwarming stories and encounters. And we will definitely have to have a part two at some point. You ladies are welcome back anytime. Thank you so much. You are great. And I really appreciate, I, I appreciate that you are an investigator and how you look at things. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Brittany and Melody, you guys are awesome. And it is always fun just talking with people who are also in the field. And we all bring a little something different. And I think that's what makes it so unique and special. It is neat. And so you guys remember, check out Ouija Women, brand new podcast. I know that I can't wait to to listen in. Yay, thank you. Oh, I would love to hear your feedback. Uh, come to the light that's right yes come to the light so for sure what fun gals I tell you and I think it's so cute mother and daughter are super close that's so great I know some people who they barely talk to their family or you know they're estranged or whatever and to each their own but it was just so heartwarming to see them kind of like laughing with each other and you know joking with each other and that is just so awesome we need more of that for sure so big shout out to Melody and Brittany for taking time doing the podcast. And seriously, you guys, be sure to travel on over and check out their podcast, Ouija Women or Ouija Women, <laughs> so you can hear more about their encounters and their heartwarming stories. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Be sure to listen to the others, you guys. They are equally awesome. Haven't heard every single episode yet? <laughs> No need to cry, my friends. Just check out any podcast platform such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Podcast Republic, Pocket Cast. Basically, you guys, wherever you venture to hear your other awesome podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. This week's special city shoutouts go out to... Mount Plymouth, Florida, Portage, Indiana, Prunedale, California, Fort Saskatchewan, Canada, and 
and Powley, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. It really means the world to me. See you next week.